0: Christmas is coming. It's December 22nd. It's Wednesday. Everybody is getting ready. The new phone books are here. And we're going to talk about a little more recap of the event and get into little EV voting machines. Got I go, the people really want to know who I is and who I be. They Got that Wednesday, Wednesday we bounce. No to repeat, Wednesday. A good Wednesday. Wednesday before a holiday weekend bounce. Let's go. We're still riding high off of the Monday's live stream. We didn't we weren't able to get in even nearly nearly the recap we needed to yesterday There's so
1: so much to pull from that from that live stream i mean it's, it's if you haven't watched it go back check it out even if you need to split it up watch it at one and a half times you can do that on facebook youtube linkedin it's youtube's all over the probably place.
0: got the best functionality for yeah for speeding sure. it up yeah so you don't have to sit through the whole thing and Forgive our technical difficulties in the beginning. So yesterday, if you haven't listened to it, go back and listen to yesterday. We gave a good recap on some major points and some, you know, our our top of mind, top of mind takeaways. As we thought about it a little bit more, there were some more things that we thought were relevant to talk with, uh, talk about, you know, one of the big things was when we were in the session with Alan Haig. Talking about, you know, obviously the acquisitions of uh, the sell, the sales of dealerships this year and how he doesn't predict that that's going to slow down all the indicators and leads and things like that are saying like, hey, that's going to keep rolling right into at least Q1 of right. 2022, the velocity. Um, we started talking about valuations, right? Because that's what drives people being willing to sell. And all of a sudden, uh, I can't remember. It was you or me. We just asked about like, hey, is there a data consideration like, what do you do to assess the data of a store and the data structure, the the integrity of it, how good they are at managing it and deploying it? And he was like, yeah, actually, he he's, was more he's like. Li-
1: <laughs> <laughs> he's writing as we're asking a question. He's like, hold tight. I've got notes. <laughs> yeah,
0: right. And so that I, I mean, it's really one of the things that I think, you know, Kyle, you would look at and be like, I thought how could that not be a
1: consideration well yeah coming from the marketing side of things especially and coming from you know m- my background like that's my first thought: is how clean is your data? How accessible is it? Right? You know, where where are your data sources open to to shifting? Right? To being integrated into our current data sources. So, like he he did point to you know they they look at the DMS and are they locked into a Reynolds contract? Sure,
0: but that's that's valuation stuff. Right? That's not because of the the data. That's because you're like what liability is on the books that we're going to have to manage and how do we work that into the price?
1: Exactly. But the reality is that. I mean especially today as we look at like a cookieless future and removing the opportunity to get to get third party data for marketing efficiency for retention all of that stuff like the dealer's database is in my opinion, one of the one of the highest value points in a buy-sell right now, right? How, so And, 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 and if it was like ways. a stock
0: ticker, that would have a green arrow next to
1: it pointing up, like more and more important as time goes on. Exactly, because everything that you have as a dealer right now is like, can I retain that data? Can I retain the customer base that I currently have? Because market share is so hard to gain at this point, especially when market share is being garnished by the barbarians at the door as as, as Brian benstein Either that on the
0: use card side and the other side is is straight up inventory allocation. Exactly.
1: Yeah, so I you know, as we look at that it's like how clean is the data? And so there's two kind of two areas that we pointed to yesterday or what was it? Monday that was um you could be on two sides of it. Either the data is so clean, the structure is so correct that if we're looking to acquire that dealership or dealer group is maybe we can acquire some efficiency on the data sure, side and loop in what ours what ours is doing into that data efficiency or maybe it's so inefficient so lackluster and everything's so scattered from a marketing perspective a customer attention that the that the opportunity matrix is like immediate jump as we acquire efficiency, it. just like
0: operation any any business would look at an operational efficiency. Um, you know, when I sold Image Auto, Dent Wizard was like, oh, that's what they're paying for supplies. Right? There's an operational efficiency. So they know all already that they can take that supply line and they can cut it by 30% because of their leverage. Exactly. So on the on the data side, it's the same principle. But I'm willing to assume anyone who is I wonder if this is true. Anyone who is selling a store who is like, you know what? I'm going to I'm going to sell the store. I'm going to redeploy that capital for my family somewhere else in some other industry or whatever. I'm willing to say or believe that they don't have their data game together. Right. If they did, they wouldn't be in the position of selling. Mm. Like there's probably next to zero. Like it probably is only the other way where someone sees a mess and says like, "Oh, we can really leverage our savviness with the data and put it on top of that poorly managed data." And do something. But what you and I have witnessed, front row seat, is that usually when a store is acquired and this isn't a consideration in the buy sell process, it's an absolute disaster when the acquisition closes
1: right exactly speed to getting everything up and running is is a lot longer at that point right um whether it be like software efficiency or like actually executing on the data that you have now here's the other piece for those maybe for the people that are listening that are going hey what does it look like for us to get acquired in 2022 what if you started right now getting efficient with your data making sure that you own everything right whether it be you know actually owning your analytics you know dashboard, actually owning your Google my business stuff and then even deeper, what if there was a central source of truth for your CRM, your DMS data that you had it cleaned up, that you had reconciled records, you know good email addresses? how much more valuable would your dealership be to a potential acquisition? We should
0: actually talk to Alan about that like how would you how would you translate that into a multiple how would you translate that into tangible value? because it's it's kind of an it's actually it's it's kind of an intangible thing but kind of a tangible thing. Yeah. It's a little bit of both. It here's you know what it's like when you see someone and they give you this happens all the time when when like you have a podcast guest or someone's going to host you and all of a sudden they send over a one sheet that has your exact directions on how you should prepare how you should log in. You're like, wow, these people have it together. And granted, it didn't take them that much time to put that together. Right. They had the forethought to do that. So Kyle, to your point where you're saying, is like, imagine if you had a little report prepared and you're like, oh, and here is our data accessibility plan. And here is the ownership level of all these accounts. It's all in one tidy little box. It's actually not that much that you have to get together. But the other side's going to get it. and be like, oh my gosh, these guys have it tight. Right. I bet, I bet that's a real big ROI. Even if it's just negotiating leverage. It has to be, you would think. The fact that we don't know the answer to this is crazy, <laughs> is crazy because I don't think the an- anyone knows the answer to this, which is why having Alan Haig on the show spurred this conversation. And I guess what? I bet it gets talked about now. It's well, we're going to bring it up.
1: We're going to bring it up a lot. Right.
0: We want to help fix the problem. Let's go. By the yeah. way, we'll help you fix the problem. We um, you know what We didn't mention yesterday that really, I can't believe we didn't mention it. Is that Brian Kramer's background was a video of the movie Elf playing during the
1: show. <laughs> How did we not bring that up yesterday? Yeah, we, we, you wouldn't expect anything less, but you still didn't know what was coming. No, right? he, I,
0: I, I don't know what I expected, but he surprised me.
1: Exactly. I was like, you know who else surprised me? Is that the fact that you and Brian Benstock changed outfits. That... <laughs> <laughs> i was
0: so excited that brian was gonna see me in a jacket and tie i even asked him i was like brian brian, brian here zoom in can we get a tight shot how's how's my full windsor i really worked hard on he's like that's a tight knot right so yeah. that made me excited but he was in a t-shirt he was, he was in was a in black, black t-shirt. t-shirt of all things right <laughs> he so. apologized i'm sorry for being in a black t-shirt
1: it yep. was like literally opposite day alex vetter shows up in uh christmas lights that turn on peter right? cooper's wearing a clarity hat uh carrie
0: wise she she set the tone Carrie is yes. the one that on on LinkedIn when we made the first post, she's like, what's the dress code? And I was like, I'm glad that you asked that. And it's funny that you're asking it here. But the first live stream probably with a dress code ever. Right. But she brought it up. And I was like, she's like, holiday chic, question mark. Yes. yes. That was it. So that's literally what we told everybody. Holiday yep. chic. So for Brian Kramer, that's... Brian showing up like he usually looks with Elf playing behind him. Brian Benstock was in a t-shirt. Carrie Wise was very classy. Very classy very holiday. Classy, she's yep. like, I've never worn a wet red sweater to an industry event. Yeah. Right? Who gave us some grief? Alan Hay actually gave us grief. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Was I, like, was, I was like, "Where's your holiday spirit?" He was like, I I showed up in my sweater, and you don't have any red or green on. Like, come on! I guys. was like, uh, uh,
0: I was like, right,
1: every seventeen people
0: said we look like the Blues Brothers. Yes, and, and I was like, "But we, we have a Christmas tree right next to us on the set, right?" right so yeah, I can't believe Alan Hay gave us some green on it, the Christmas
1: spirit, but we'll take it. Shout out to all it's to all of our guests. We, had a, bla- we had a blast. We had a blast. If you can't tell, we're still laughing about it even on <laughs> even on Hump Day. So it's great.
0: Oh, uh, uh, what can we talk about in the industry? We were talking earlier about um so on sunday i think the news came out that joe manchin democrat joe manchin senator uh put the kibosh on yeah. the infrastructure it was,
1: already, it was already kind of everybody kind of knew on thursday friday that there was a good chance that yep. he was going to come out with that and so it's interesting what happened is you know we we keep talking about this voting machine yeah. of uh especially these ev stocks to that have yet to deliver vehicles right. and to, to
0: summarize it's a weighing stocks. Um, our good friend, financial advisor, Mike Moore, just said, you know, stocks are a weighing machine or a voting machine, and the the savvy part is knowing what it's being treated like at the moment. Weighing machine when the stock price is based on revenue, profits, thing, you know business me- mechanics, and um, the other time is when they're just fluctuating. It's just people voting, right. right? Voting with their purchase or sale of the stock, how popular it is,
1: and that drives the price, so... I just had to set that up. Go ahead. Yeah, so what happened is as this bill uh, looks like it's not going to clear, right? This $2 trillion bill mm-hmm. is not going to clear, and there was a massive piece of EV tax credit in there, all of a sudden, the uh, basically across the board, it was about a 7% dip happened on Monday on these EV stocks. And what we're looking at, you know, Tesla's down from I think it was up over like 1150, so down 30% 1250. Wait, 1250, 30% yeah. over the last 60 days. And, you know, Rivian took a hit. Uh some of the other automakers that are maybe a little bit less known took a big hit both on Friday and uh, and on Monday. Yep. And uh there's a little bit of rebound that happened on Tuesday. Uh but still, it's interesting to see that that, uh, that the that the the voting machine is saying, "Hey, look, that's a massive impact factor to uh, what Elon has said is let the market decide. And the market yet hasn't been able to make a decision because these vehicles aren't being delivered yet. So we haven't gotten to the weighing machine, um, which I think is going to be. It's a lot of hype. And so the it can fluctuate with a single senator's decision to not back a bill. So really interesting kind of like industry trends. That are leading indicators for what may happen in here in the future.
0: I was just looking at the, like, Ford GM seeing, like, oh, did they follow? I didn't even check that. Um, they're all down, but I don't know if that's because everything's all down. Like, no, I,
1: GM took a hit, uh, like, on this, on Friday and on Monday. Same Same exact type of hit as you saw the other EV. But is that market-related, just large? Because I know the whole market's been... No because think about this GM has come out and said hey look by 2030 we're going to be right, a software company EV, we're right. going to be an EV company we're going to come out with 30 models yeah I mean, if you
0: ex- if you you know enjoy the gains that come from those announcements right you've now looped yourself in you've looped yourself into the, the whole the voting whole machine side of it
1: wow isn't I that know. crazy
0: it really is it really is but that's i mean it's indicative of the ride we've been on it's not over right i think i think it also it may start to what's it going to take going to take to start to level i mean it's going to take a lot of these ev companies starting to produce product yes right and when the product comes out we're going to see how the cons it really is predicated on how the consumers Consumers react react to it there's a lot of there's a lot of you know social action behind it right now where people are excited about it but i think there's a lot of practical implementation that not that no one's thinking about but even the fact that like hey did you know i'm in syracuse new york and when it's cold out my car range is going to decrease significantly
1: yeah what
0: what do you mean by that? Well, you know, batteries in the cold weather, they they can't hold yeah. and perform like they do in warm weather. And by the way, not too warm weather because when they get too hot, it's too hot like right?
1: Miami, Florida, you might have to pull over. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> right? Like and then thinking about like New York City and charging in you know these. Yeah, I live in a high-rise building or high rises, and and what does that look like? What does it look like for the parking garage? To, so, what does consumer behavior look like based on what people are voting with right now? It's it's going to be a market tell, um, but I think we're seeing indicators of, of what the market might do when some of these. It's it's a speedy market. Uh, you know, Glenn on Monday, uh, Glenn Lundy said uh, something where uh, essentially the mar that that the oh, speed is of transformation is. Uh, in the next 100 years, we're going to see 2,000 years of innovation happen. In 100 years. Yeah, which back that up. And I think it was, I mean, I'm not doing the math on the top of my head. But again, <laughs> yeah, we, we tried years, this on the show and it didn't work well. 100 hundred years of innovation 20 in five years. years. A year. yeah. yeah, it's
0: 20 years per
1: it's one 20 year. 20 years per yeah. one year. So 100 years in five years. So if you back that up to what every single day feels like in innovation. I mean, we're on Twitter spaces on Wait, Monday. We're 20 years in
0: a year? I, now I need to know. Now I need to know. For 20 years in one year, Oh, this is going to get complicated. Go, keep talking.
1: 20 divided by 365. Well, that'll give us a point.
0: I was trying to get days per day, but uh, yeah, let's try that. So 18.25 years every day? That's not right.
1: We're okay. struggling. It's I, okay. <laughs> this is a math problem on a live podcast about something someone said. We'll get it. We'll put it in the show notes. We'll figure it out exactly what is happening every single day. But the reality is, is that you can't expect tomorrow to happen exactly like it happened today. And if you're moving forward with that expectation, you'll always be working behind the curve. And so if, if all your brain does is say, hey, look, tomorrow may pose a different challenge than what posed, than what was posed today. At least you're ready for it.
0: Absolutely. You know, oh, so Glenn, the, the guy that it was who said that, it's not just Glenn, you know, like theorizing this. This is the futurist. It's 20, by the way. Kyle pulled out his calculator, which makes a lot of sense. It's 20 yes. days per day. Because if it's 20 days, 20 years per year, 20 yeah. times. So every day is like 20 days of advancement. Every day is 20 days. Come on. So all that to be said, this is the said by the futurist that Warren Buffett listens to. So there's your credibility. Warren Buffett's there like, it is. this guy has historically been right. We're listening to what he says. And this guy is the one that's saying every year is going to be like 20 years of innovation. Yeah. So like in, in five years from now, it's a hundred years. So five years from now is all the progress that we've made from Ford releasing the Model T until now.
1: Wow.
0: And that's the year 2026. Yeah. If you don't believe that the world is literally flipping... There's your proof. There is your proof in one way or another. Um, proof that this podcast is over means this music's playing. And uh, we, <laughs> we hope you gave uh, had a good time today. We hope you keep pushing forward. Don't be discouraged. Be encouraged because there's opportunity everywhere. Go around and pick some of it up with us.
1: Everywhere I go, the people really want to know who I is and who I be. They stop and stare when they see me. If it's of once, no need to repeat. Run up on me, watch you fall to your knees.